0: The Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by L.L. L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Right to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. Kornblau and Kornblau, the official law firm of the process, and The Athletic. Subscribe now at theathletic.com slash RTRS. On the show today, we will bask in the glow of the process's biggest victory, which is Robert Covington and his contract extension, the second biggest arguable process victory that is Joel Embiid and his legendary two nights, really, in Los Angeles, and re-litigate the process for the 900th time due to Bill Simmons' infuriating piece on the ringer. And, of course, we have to tell the story of the two halves of the game last night against the Golden State Warriors um couple there, of things was there a second oh. half yeah yeah unfortunately no, I, <laughs> yeah 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 disagree. i'll fill you in i'll fill you in oh i was wait till you hear my first question to you uh you know i was realizing this week as joel Embiid was changing the face of the nba that the rookie of the year last year was given to malcolm brogdon a guy who is huh. now on the bench due to the bucks acquiring like the 16th best point guard in the nba Which leads me to believe that Bust the Process 3 becomes more and more meaningful every time. This is really our first step in the mission to the Jay and Silent Bob knock on the door of every hater tour of the (laughs) process. So Bus the Process 3 is the first weekend in Chicago. The trip includes round-trip airfare, airfare to and from Chicago, the hotel in Chicago, the bus to Milwaukee for the ESPN night game between the Sixers and the Bucks. as we will give the Bucks and Malcolm Brogdon a piece of our mind that night. Uh, you have to reserve your spot now. And Joe from Fans of Philly told me he was going to do some math on how many spots we actually have left this weekend. So that is filling up very, very quickly there will be several hundred of us it's going to be stupid and awesome and we hope to see you there and speaking of uh i guess i wasn't speaking of this at all but mike and i would like to tell you to save the date december 22nd Yep. all right save the date mm-hmm. we're not going to tell you what it is mike how important do you think it is that they save the date
1: pretty important
0: pretty important
1: it's, that they save the date let's not go overboard it's not very important, it's pretty important that you save the date
0: yeah yeah it's not it's not death or you know it's not life and death important but right but right behind that. so save the date for december 22nd We'll have an announcement later this week um, without any further ado, no more ado. here is the podcast <laughs> Before I hang around this old moldy, milk crap crappy scene, hold hands with you. Here's a whole list of things you gon' have to do. Jump off the Empire State the a paper sack. Talk lovey-dovey to a camel, stand a hump off his back. Get the Queen of England's gold shoes. Put them on your feet and sing the St. Louis Blues. Look here. Yeah. Seven days a week with you is more than I can handle. Welcome to the Rights for podcast. I am Spike Eskin, along with the official judge of whether or not something was a moral victory, that is Mike Levin. Oh, Good Morning, yeah. Mike.
1: Yeah, this is what I wake up for.
0: <laughs> so, Mike, let me ask you, I know you don't like to do things in chronological order, even though the Warriors game was last night. Reverse chronological. But me... what? What's that?
1: Reverse cl- chronological. Because you want to start and go backwards, I want to start from the beginning of the week and go forwards.
0: Right. So, could we could we do a little reverse chronological? <laughs> sure, I, sure, sure. And sure. I have to ask you: Was last night's game against the uh, Golden State Warriors, the world champion Golden State Warriors, a moral victory or not?
1: Absolutely, one hundred percent a moral victory. I feel great about it. The, the I. They didn't play a second half. It didn't happen. That was a an obligatory uh Warriors comeback. Yeah. You saw it coming. Mm-hmm. Um it's what they do. You know? The Sixers, they were uh eight deep last night. I have a lot I've we can get to specifics and I'm sure I will but yeah, it, we'll get it's, to it's really tough to beat a Warriors team when you're going eight deep. It, it's just, they're too, and, it's, and the guys didn't even look that tired, but you could see in there, like, you know, from, they didn't hit a three in, like, the final three quarters, right, at all? So, you can see that they got tired legs. Everyone in the starting lineup played 33 minutes, uh, except for, I mean, at least 33, and Dario played 37. Like, guys. Ben,
0: ben played 38.
1: Yeah, you just can't, it's hard to win a game against against the best team in the world when uh when you just don't have the depth to
0: do it. So, yeah, the the most noticeable thing I saw. And well, and this is depth just to eat up minutes and I mean their only wing off the bench last night was TLC. I mean that that's that's really what they were stuck with. So, you know, the first quarter or two, Ben looked really good chasing around Steph Curry, but I got news for you. When you're 6'10" 6'11" and you're chasing around Steph Curry for a half, the, more times than not, that's going to catch up with you. And it just, like, it caught up with him, you know? Like, I God, I, I you, don't...
1: You know who looked great chasing around Steph? TJ. He just makes him uncomfortable. He was riding him. Like, he he had to, like, a couple times saddled him with, like, a this weird in-between, like, not getting all the way to the basket, but not getting, like, a clean pull-up. Mm-hmm. He just make, he makes you guys uncomfortable, and I, lo- I love watching it. Even Steph, I mean, like, Steph obviously played incredibly well, so it's not like he, he didn't get his, but it, just, like, making him... A little bit less comfortable than he always is, and I just love TJ for it. But yeah, Simmons looked great. It just the, the main thing is uh, too many injuries, and you just can't play Dario thirty-seven minutes against a team that good on offense. You just can't. No. you can't do it. I love Dario. You have to get
0: lucky. A- every going to have to go seven of ten from three for yeah. that to work yeah. out. you know somehow it didn't. So we'll get into the specifics coming up. Before we get into the specifics, hey Mike, it's time. You know what it's time for? Oh no. <laughs> yeah
1: i'm blindsided t- i'm blindsided by it every week can i, I say know. that
0: even it's on your rundown it's right i mean it's theoretically because we, right we start because we
1: start talking it is right in front of me because we start talking about the team and i'm like yeah. all right we're good we're ready to go and then you just like put it in reverse and you're like apple podcast <laughs> yep. review
0: yeah. So the Willie Green Apple Podcast Review of the Week, Mike is now naming the segments. We have some more names coming up for you. We'll give you those later. We are up to 1,205 five-star ratings on our way to 2,000. The rule is when we get to 2,000, I will read the second half of the Apple Podcast reviews. So everything, you know, I read the first 1,000, so I will read the second, however many there are when we get to 2,000. And I would, so I would, co- And I would
1: like for no one to listen to that podcast.
0: Right. But unfortunately, people did last time, or at least they downloaded it. I don't know if they, sure. if they actually listened to it. So this, comes, this is five-star uh, re- rating and review from Grant88118. And the subject line is, TJ McConnell smells amazing. Just went to the Sixers' annual meet-and-greet for season ticket holders. They gave me the option to pick between Roko and TJ to get a picture with. Managed to get both. As soon as I met TJ, I told him how hilarious he was on your show, and he said he would love to do it again at some point. Oh! Without Yeah, I know. Great, right? Without listening to this amazing podcast, I wouldn't be the fan I am today. At this point, I might be more excited for the Sixers to win a championship than the Eagles to win a Super Bowl thanks to you guys. Last point. (laughs) no homo whatever cologne tj was wearing i want he literally smelled like heaven thanks guys keep it up grant so there you go he's a good smelling dude
1: and you know he didn't start as a good smelling dude because he's from pittsburgh right and nobody nobody from pittsburgh starts smelling good
0: they smell like fries on salad let's be honest (laughs) and i i want to i want to also make a a thank you barber chess and i i recommend mike that you read this review left a really really Uh, seemingly touching review it seemed a little too sincere and personal to read on the podcast but it was a really good review so all right here's what I have for the show of the getting into the Warriors game totally the Covington contract the Embiid Los Angeles trip the new segment names a relationship advice and of course um, the Bill Simmons piece on the ringer. We have to do all of these things. Yeah, I mean, we owe, we, we owe a lot of things. Yeah. So what do you want to start I, with? I want to start with Cuff. Okay. Uh, would you say, uh, I we made the point uh, many times, and I think, didn't Covington win the Field of 64 Process Sixers? Did he win it? It was him or Nerlands. I think it was him versus Nerlands. I think he finals. did.
1: At least, I'm, that's the one I looked at recently was Danny Chow's bracket. And I think... I think I had like I think I had like Covington versus like Andre Kirilenko or something. That was that was that was my final. It was like
0: two sides of a very different coin. So, and we'll get to more of this when we talk about the Simmons piece because it touches on this. But I think you know it. It's very. Uh, the obvious answer to what is the you know the the crowning jewel of the process is Embiid. Obviously, that's the the obvious answer. We don't go for that. But now that everyone thinks that the the entire thing was about losing to get bad picks, which in part it was, they forget about the other part, which is the part that I think we understood that nobody else did. Or, or they the, just or the, they just don't want to. Or they don't want to. Right. It's it's not intellectually that difficult to understand. Yeah they they chose not to, which is the Covington part. And, uh, and again, we'll, we'll get into it later, but I, I think it is fair to say that given the ups and downs that he went through as a player, where he came from, and all of it, Covington and this contract... And you we'll, have to give credit to Colangelo too because you, the contract moving forward is a really, really good contract. Oh, yeah. But this is... The, the crowning moment. This is the, especially considering the dead spin stuff and the, the, when everyone laughed at us for us saying Robert Covington was good. Uh, I mean, this is the moment, right? This is the guy. Welcome to the moment. Well, <laughs> uh, oh, here he comes. <laughs> so I, this is right. I mean, this is it. Covington's Covington's deal is, and the the realization of him as not just a rotation player, but a good starter on a good team is is the realization of a, a lot of things. I mean he is the to me the biggest victory of the process is Robert Robert Covington. Uh
1: yeah, I think it's I think it's segments, you know. I think there's like different different yeah. sections of of the process you could you could call it, but like in terms of how you uh in terms of the less obvious stuff, the less obvious yeah. top pick kind of thing. Then yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's um Man, I just, I'm so I'm so proud of him. Like, it's such a weird thing. You know, I never met him. I never talked to him before. But, like, you see the guy grow. You see him, like, you, we, we saw all the people come through and do the 10-day contracts. And, like, one of these guys is going to hit. You know, Roten, I think, was the first one. Obviously, they traded for him. But, like, Roten was the first one. like, he's talented. If we give him time, he could turn into yeah. something. And a lot of guys didn't. A lot of guys didn't turn into anything or flamed out of the league. Or got some of a somewhat of a shot here, and then played played more someone else because because of the shot they got here. Uh, I'm looking at the uh, at the Ricky shirt with all the names on it. I would add guys, just guys that because people. I'm, I'm pivoting to sort of defending the process again, but that's just that's just a base level of what happens all the time. So I guess it's not really a, a segment change. Yeah. Um. A lot of times, even if they got cut from here or had to get moved from here, the the chance that they got Due to Hinky like, opened up a chance, at least for a little bit, somewhere else. Do you think of a guy like Jakar, um Jordan McRae, although he was drafted, Jeremy Grant, same thing? Um,
0: well, and, or by the way, d- don't forget that
1: Christian the, Wood, who's back, by the, the way, we gotta talk about that. Yeah,
0: we do. Or, or, by the way, even if they don't work out completely, that's the point, too. It, it doesn't, because one of them works out, doesn't make it luck. Like, if a baseball player goes up and has 10 at bats, and only gets hits on three of them. It doesn't mean that those three hits were luck. It means that that you understand the percentage of being able to hit on them. So you know you have to take a lot of shots. So them hitting on Covington isn't... It's lucky if you look at it in... In and of itself, as a vacuum, yes, one guy is lucky, but they hedged that by taking a lot of shots, yeah. and you know, and that that's sort of the point. Not not all of those guys have to work out for the Sixers or anywhere else. They could just fade into a, oblivion. That doesn't that doesn't mean that this was just sort of a shot in the dark. Yeah, in and of itself, in and of itself, it is. But the whole the whole idea was not. Yeah, but His, I'm, uh, I'm just
1: saying. Obviously, TJ TJ Covington and Hollis like worked out here, but like. Guys like Jakar and like Casper Ware and Dwayne Dedman, like guys that got real NBA contracts out yeah. of it. Christian Wood. Yeah, for sure. Like, even if they didn't fully work out here, they worked out somewhere and they wouldn't have gotten So people, there's like this weird straw man. Everything's a straw man because we're right about everything and people have to just make shit up. But like, it's like, oh, what about, it's what about the fans? Oh, the fans are on board. Oh, fuck. Okay. Well, what about the players? Well, the players got a bunch of shots that wouldn't have otherwise ha- happened and, you know, that then we're good. it's a, it's it's just there's they'll keep coming. It's, it's what about whatever, uh, because they're wrong and they have to keep making shit up.
0: By the way, bless your heart to include Hollis in the Covington and TJ. Oh yeah, without
1: a question. <laughs> bless
0: you. You're the best. Not, not, I admire not you. never I do not. admire. But Covington
1: yeah. specifically so, is like he's the guy that where where TJ is the same player that he was. Obviously, he's improved over the course of the time. he's, he's still generally the same player. Covington really did the thing that most people, he's transformed, yeah, yeah. he went from just like guy who shoots a lot of threes and runs up and down the court to like legitimately one of the best wing defenders in the league and even though you don't really want to see him dribble too much like you can see there were a couple games over over the past few weeks where like he's starting to like pass out of a drive and look a little bit more comfortable like being a, a fully realized player and it's it's just it's just awesome, man. It's it's it, it well, really feels like very rewarding for
0: He's for made no he's made more three pointers than Steph Curry this year. Yeah. So just out of like and I know that doesn't mean anything, but it does. The idea you know, the, the, just, just saying it out loud yeah. means something. Yeah. And, and and to to the passing out of the drives he and is, the dribbling He is the fourth most threes in Sixers history. Already. Already if you can add one thing every off season you're going to end up as something you know so he may you know the the thing for him this off season may be all right let's let's figure out how to have a a first step you know a first step move out of out of the you know out of out of a uh Holding the ball stance, still having your dribble. Let's let's figure something out, or let's figure out how to fix. Mike O'Connor wrote on the Athletic at one point why he misses around the rim so much. Well, if Mike can figure it out, then chances are Covington, Covington watches a lot of tape, does a lot of studying. Maybe that's the next thing for him. I don't think he's done growing. the uh, The contract details, and this is from Derek Bodner at the Athletic, who did a good job of breaking down, you know, what it means. He gets sixteen point seven million this season. I so I, which I 50- love.
1: I love restructuring. Everything should yep. be restructured. I think I read that it was only like the eighth restructuring eighth ever. In, that's insane yeah. in, in NBA history. Yeah. That's
0: yeah. Wild. Well, it's it's rare that teams have the cap space to do it. That's right. You know. That's Because that's, they spend yeah. up to it. so um, so he gets fifteen million this season and extra this season. But here's the amazing part: it means that next year he's making ten then ten point eight then eleven point six then twelve point four so uh, let's let's think of I, I just want to think about the comparison of and I understand w- why they had to do it I mean you never have to do it but and he's he's he' stepped up this year and become a good a really good player but Otto Porter is making like 25 27 30 and 31 yeah while Robert Covington is making 10 11 and 12 you know or Kent is making 17 or 20 or Evan Turner's making 20 million dollars and here's Robert Covington you know we say 3 three and D a lot but there's not a ton of guys who are actually good at both right. we you know we we think well yeah, a lot of times 3 and D guys are shooting Thirty-three or thirty-four percent from three, or they have the athleticism to be a defensive guy, but they're not quite that yet. Right. Here is a guy who it really, really is, and and being able to sign him into credit to Hinky for uh, you know having a, a pretty empty, pretty clean balance sheet, and Colangelo for mostly keeping that way, but they were able to sign. That fifteen million into cap space this year, which means that depending on what they do with Bayless's contract, they will have you know somewhere between you know twenty two and thirty million dollars of cap space. Oh, this I uh, mean, this it's off season.
1: It is in a vacuum. It's already a candidate for best contract in the league. That's not a rookie deal or a you know max contract to LeBron. Um, in terms of return on investment, like this is this is an incredible contract. And it's good for Co- I mean it's not like it's we're ripping Covington off like he went from making 3 million over the course of the last 3 or whatever seasons to now he gets a shit ton of money and is set you know this is generational wealth. This is like I'm I'm just I'm I'm so happy for the guy. Like I, I couldn't be any happier. Uh I think it was Rich Hoffman uh wrote something on the Athletic about just like just a deep dive into Covington's past and stuff and how and how he got where he is and it's great you should read it. Yeah. Um, yeah it is. I just, I, uh, I've, I've just, it's so weird. Sports are so weird that you can, you know, be so invested in a person because of, uh, how they, what they do at work. And, uh, he just works his ass off and he's a really good teammate. And I just, I love watching him play him So I'm, I'm just so happy for the guy.
0: It's awesome. Ha- hashtag generational wealth. Yeah. By the way, he went from, he got a 1000% increase on his salary and still has the be- like one of the best contracts in the NBA. He was already on the best contract in the NBA, got a 1000% increase and is still on. Yeah, yeah. Think about that. That's crazy, pretty good. you know? That's 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 pretty amazing. And he's and he's, hey, here, just- and he's here
1: for 5 years. Like he's going to be here for 5 yeah. more years and that's that is like between him and now Embiid's locked up obviously. The whole, Simmons is here for I mean Simmons and faults. well like this is a this is a real real core that is going to be here for a while. And there is uh, max cap space to really do something huge, and uh, it's. I want to talk about that also, but yeah. um, we. It's, it's good. It's very good.
0: Sp- we just mentioned them three times, so we might as well talk about them now. The athletic, the, the an- athletic, the athletic. An official sponsor of the Right to Ricky Sanchez podcast. We are so proud to have them as a sponsor. We mentioned great – I think we mentioned all three of their full-time Sixers guys there, Derek Bodner, Rich Hoffman, and Mike O'Connor, all sort of taking different – um, different angles at Sixers stuff. It's definitely the best six, Sixers coverage you can get anywhere. Michael Connor breaking down plays, doing the, the the game report cards. Bodner doing the big picture stuff, like he did with Covington's contract and how it affects their cap space. Uh, Rich Hoffman doing some of the more whatever the hell you know, he does. I don't know. Yeah, well, more columny, you know, feature pieces, like he did with Covington's, you know, rise here. And 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 it's not just the Sixers. It's the eagles too with shield kapadia being his very shield self and um i mentioned the last time we were talking about a bull wolf just being a revelation in eagles coverage one of my probably my favorite eagles writer right now no clickbait no ads no nonsense no you know no <laughs> autoplay ads you, you threw no, you threw no
1: nonsense in that for you that was yeah yeah nice you ads. like that yeah that's great you,
0: yeah. So here's the deal. Subscribe. This is this is so how I'd is also I'd trusted? also like
1: to say uh no, Liz, Liz Rocher on the Phillies. She wrote yeah. a, an incredible column on Roy Halladay who I'm still
0: oh, yeah. incredibly sad
1: over. Um she's great. She's the best. Also on the uh retweet Armageddon Congress, which I think is yes. still together. I think it's still a thing.
0: Well, we you know, uh boy, I This this sort of relates to December twenty second, but I have an idea for the retweet Armageddon Congress. Okay, which did did I text you this? I think
1: I did text you. you Yeah, you yeah uh, Yeah. uh, gestured to it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so, and I I I don't want to leave out Charlie O'Connor on the flyers. I I don't read a ton of it, but Charlie's a great guy. So I will Um, I
1: will never read a flyer.
0: Okay. Well, this is this is the future of how good journalism can work. And it comes from you. All you have to do is subscribe. It's less than 5 bucks a month. It's really nothing when you think about it. And if you, you subscribe at theathletic.com slash RTRS. You have to go to theathletic.com slash RTRS. Slash RTRS. Yeah, I've had a couple of people disappointed that they signed up, and they, but they didn't use our link so they don't get the T-shirt. Use the link. So you get ten- use the link you get 10% off a year subscription and you also get a right side of history t-shirt the first ever t-shirt featuring the, the new Ricky Sanchez logo and the athletic oh that's right co-branded yeah on a nice soft tri-blend t-shirt um, right side of history t-shirt theathletic.com slash RTRS okay what do we have next we have are we done with Covington yeah I mean I can, what, I can uh, go for an hour well there's a great picture of him with his shirt off. You got to see his abs, buddy. I don't know if you've seen it. It's on either the Sixers Instagram or his Instagram or something. All right, pull, the guy shredded. right, I'll pull it up. Oh my god. I'll pull it up. Yeah. Uh, Ab watch. Or or just or just Twitter search Covington abs, I think. Okay. I I've I somebody screenshotted an Instagram, so I don't even know where it came from. So I mean, that's that's I'm sort of done with Covington. His, his I mean the you know what's pretty crazy is that he's scoring twenty points like every game now. It's amazing that he's
1: um, just shooting a lot more than yeah than JJ.
0: Well, we you know that that's actually not a bad transition. Let's talk about the Warriors game here. Can we do that okay. because that's a, sort of a transition. I do not enjoy – I'm being honest because it happened a couple of times last night. And I it finally ended in a tweet that I'm not proud of but I'm also not ashamed of when I tweeted out Alshon Reddick. Um, I do, what do you, not – lo-
1: What do you mean by that? I, I can
0: guess but explain what you mean by that. One-year overpaid guy who is sort of a mercenary that is not as good as I thought he was. Um, but don't, but G- don't, G- you, don't
1: you think for? Bo- I would say for both guys,
0: we're getting yeah. into Eagles coverage here. Look out! Yeah, we always do. Yeah. But that's your, that's your. Lane, that's my thing. Mine. Thank you. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, both guys, are at least good enough on the court or the field to like be a decoy, and, and not even yeah. unless a decoy it makes them seem like they're not doing anything. But like they draw a lot of attention to allow other people to do that. If if that was, you know, if that was Stauskas on there, then Covington wouldn't be able to get the looks that he gets.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not so for both guys. It doesn't mean they're valueless or complete waste of money. That, that's not what I mean with both guys. Alshon has had a moment or two, and Reddick has had a moment or two. But here's here's my thing about Reddick is I sort of w- I thought of him as try this analogy, see if this works. You know how when you have a real number one starter, what he does in baseball, what he does is he can stop a losing streak, like. You know, when, when things are going bad, you're like, oh, well, at least we have so-and-so going tomorrow who we know is going to give us eight innings and one run and we'll win that game that time. Yeah. Reddick, when when nothing's going in, I just want him to be the guy that when there's an open three or at least a sort of open three, the ball goes in. I don't need him to create it, but there are enough moments during a game when when he could be that. And he's sort of spastic to watch. It, it seems like he's never settled. He's rushing everything, and and this is a, a little too much. It's going to make me sound like I don't like the guy. I, I have no problem with him at all. It's just last night I was a little perturbed by it. You know how when guys are really feeling it and on fire, LeBron does this. They'll shoot a three and almost pull their hands back, like they're like they're like he's so on fire, he doesn't even need to follow through. Yeah. And he does that a lot. And I just wish he would settle down. It seems like he he pump fakes his way out of wide open threes to, you know, nineteen footers that sometimes he hits. Just shoot the when you get the ball, just square up and shoot it. I, I'm just a little I maybe I didn't watch enough of him and maybe I saw him and credit to Dietrich. Dietrich's like, you saw him with the Clippers playing with Chris Paul and you know, maybe it, it gave you a bit of a you know, flawed idea of what Redick was. But I haven't really enjoyed watching him, and I thought there were a couple of points last night. And and remember, he went 0 for 8 in the Lakers game too, but there were a couple of points last night where he could have hit an open shot, and it didn't go in, and I was frustrated by it.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's not shooting as well as he normally does. And I don't think that that means that he's... Uh, I I, th- I think... He hits a couple of those shots, and everybody's happy. I, I, he certainly is. Some of your observations are true. Like he's he's spastic, and he's not getting as many open looks as he did. Like they're really hounding him more than more than anybody yeah. else on the team because they you know they can sag off Simmons, and and for whatever reason they still don't respect Covington as much as they should. The only person that I saw that respected Covington as much as they should is Torian Prince, and everybody else is sort of like, oh, I'll just get generally there, and Covington shoots the ball so high and he's so tall that he doesn't he can shoot over everybody. Um yep. but but uh Redick is obviously he needs to be like he needs to get get free and he needs to have like his I I would I would say that nobody in the NBA shoots gets more air on their jump shot than Redick. And I think he he needs to be like really jumping into it. Um yeah. and he's currently shooting 35.7% from 3. That is significantly lower than his career average. It'll normalize. I'm I'm not worried about it at all. And I do think like I think with Alshon, uh, that he that he sets up other guys and opens things up that wouldn't otherwise be uh, wouldn't be open. And uh, and he's really happy here, and he's having a good time. Loves the team. I'd be interested to see. I was doing some in the uh, in the writers' room on Trial and Error season two, which started a few weeks ago. Little plug.
0: Congratulations! Thank you. Congratulations.
1: Uh, yep. I was not paying attention and trying to figure out the Sixers' roster construction for. For the for the next year, <laughs> and uh, I could see them trying to, trying to get Reddick on a on a team friendly little deal if he wants to you know basically end his career here. It would he would take less significantly less money, but uh, if he wants to get a little bit more security for the la- for the last he's 33 this year, so for the last like three or so years of his career, uh, that'd be fun. But yeah, he's jittery and he's sort of spastic. But uh, I've never seen a guy need need to be square less. He's he can hit anything. Like he almost shoots horizontal. That's impressive. Yeah. I'm glad he's here. Yeah. I think I think he's anything there's there there has been a few games in the thirteen games so far where he's like gone off. Um and there's a couple of games where he just misses. But that's just that's just shooters. I, I feel I I'm I think I think Alshon Reddick
0: is a uh compliment to both guys. Ooh, That's a stretch. That's not how I meant it. I didn't mean it as a I also didn't meet it as an insult, but I certainly didn't mean it as a compliment. And just it they were they seem similar. Life
1: is one of them. You're either insulting yeah. someone or complimenting someone. I don't <laughs> I don't see a middle ground.
0: The I don't think he's gonna be here next year, but
1: we'll see. I think I, I mean, think probably not. I think he'll he'll play well enough this year to get to get like a, you know, faddish two year deal somewhere. And I think the'll Sixers will be like, we'll give you like a cheaper three. And I think well,
0: and and the the thing that might land him here is there's not going to be a ton of cap room this off season either. So maybe it will. I just I based on and based on what what I think their target is going to be in the off season, I think he's he's less likely to be here. But so last night the uh, so I have no. Let's start. Let's, let's go backwards. Oh. I, we gotta right. start with wins. First Come half. On. No, Clippers. Wait. Well, I thought we were going to Warriors because I wanted to go to Redick. You, well, I mean, we're already here. All right, we're you don't here. want okay, to. Okay, 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 let's okay. Let's just do it. And then let's end on a high. We start on a high note with Covington. We'll bury the Warriors thing in the middle, and then we'll we'll get out with the good stuff, right? Because we got to go in on Simmons. Christian, talk Christian about Wood being. and the Lakers. Christian go, Wood, yeah, all that stuff. Warriors game, first half. You know, the the first half was so amazing that, and and I was so sure still that they were going to bl- lose. But I had were, enough. Were you really? Were me. you really? Oh, so I have. There, there are three people that texted me right around halftime. And it was Jack Fritz, who works for BGN Radio and played the part of Philip at the lottery party, uh, Orlando Allen, who is getting engaged and I'm marrying him and his lovely fiance Chandler, and Amos Lee. And they were both like, oh my God, oh my God. So I told Jack, they're still losing this game. Text me with seven minutes left in the third. Um, Amos, I was like, they're still losing this game. And Orlando, (laughs) Orlando Allen, I told they're still losing this game. I played with them in 2k earlier. And you wouldn't believe how thin they are without the guys that are hurt. And I really noticed it. We hadn't I had no bench on 2k. And right around the seven-minute mark, I think it was 7:23, the lead was down to eight, and Embiid was writhing on the ground after slamming his face Ugh. into the basket. And I was like, "This, this is the most Sixers moment ever." Um, you know, I guess it just—I was—I I, was—I part ex- expected them to lose, and I was part hedging my expectations, but. It always makes me nervous when all of our shots are going in and none of theirs are. Of course. And the Warriors at one of three from three at half, I just, I, it, it was too soon for me to believe it after seeing the third quarter a week ago from the Warriors. And I saw what happened, and I guess I just expected it to happen. And uh, it was disappointed, and they do that thing. The Warriors do two things. They—first three things. They make an unbelievable amount of shots— they run, they, they run you to death. I mean, just chasing people around screens. But the thing is that, and this is the Steph Curry thing, but they have other guys that can do it, obviously, with Durant and Clay Thompson and all that. They just take your will. They just – they crush your will. They make so many shots and make it so hard on you. They just make you give up. And I thought they actually gave up in the third quarter of the first game after the Warriors started doing what they were doing. And it, it just – there's nothing you can do at a certain point. And they had so few guys. Um, you know, people were yelling about Brett Brown sitting Ben Simmons part of the third quarter. Hey, like Ben Simmons hey, – 38 put, minutes. Put, wait. He played – Here's the the tweets I was getting. How does Ben Simmons sit the entire third quarter when the the Warriors are making their run? So he played seven minutes, the first seven minutes of the third quarter, and the Sixers were minus 15. So I think the run started when he was in there. And I went through all the box scores from last night. Ben Simmons played the second most minutes of any player in the NBA last night. (laughs) Next to Giannis. Giannis played 40. So... Um, You know, they just did a Warriors thing. And I honestly, I know it hurts to say it, but the first half was way more fun to me than the second half was crushing. I thought that was yeah, my take it. I, think,
1: I think that's a really nice way to put it. And it's the case because you can, I think John Schumann had a really good tweet saying the first, the first quarter is uh, a glimpse at what the Sixers' future could be. The third quarter is a glimpse at what the Warriors are now. And it's just like, yeah, they're just... The Sixers could eventually overtake the Warriors. I believe that. I firmly believe that. It's not now. The Warriors can do whatever they want, whenever they want to do it. Yeah. Uh, and especially with Sixers. With, seriously, I, I know it's weird to say that, like, hey, if Justin Anderson or Jared Bayless or Stauskas or, God forbid, Markel Fultz were available and could give guys a break and just fresh legs to run around and let people catch their breath, I think that's a different story, but I I agree. uh, You know, you're playing Dario 37 minutes against the best offensive team on the planet, Uh, Luau, who we'll argue about later, uh, played 24, and it's tough to ask him to do that against the best team on the planet. And it's you know, some shots start start falling. That was the I mean, it was the worst third quarter I've ever seen. I've seen a lot of bad Sixers third quarters. I think it's maybe the. The most, the most things I've seen in my life. Just if I could list the things I've seen, I would say like I've driven cross country a few times. Yeah. Uh, I've had a, p- a couple nice friends, and I've seen some terrible third quarters from the Sixers. And <laughs> you've had a couple nice friends. <laughs> and, and it was just, I mean, it was it was a combination. of You could see it happening. Like they knew that they were the. So I I they couldn't I, do anything about it. Yeah. I, I watched the game. Uh, I didn't watch it live, so I knew it was happening. And yeah. uh, they come back from halftime. They get they get the first two two or three buckets. And it was like, I knew it didn't happen. But I would have been like, holy shit, they're stemming the tide of this third quarter run. It's huge to get out to an early start. And then just like a couple shitty calls, a couple shots that rimmed out, a couple like were not on the same page turnovers, like, you know, just passing it to a, the place where a guy used to be as he's cutting, like and yeah. it just all came crashing down, and it was it was really quite upsetting to watch. But um, absolutely, that first half, that first quarter specifically was. I mean, I, Covington had
0: five five threes in that first quarter, didn't he? He had fifteen. I think was, I had twelve. He had he had four threes in the first quarter. They they scored what forty seven points I think yeah. in the first quarter. It was the most so.
1: anyone scored against the Warriors in years, in the, in a quarter. It's I mean, it was. I'll take I'll it. I'll take it. I'll take it. it. Was a and I would say person. I'll say that that Simmons that Simmons play past Omri Caspi, um, yep. where he like like really broke him down in the half court. I've made my concerns about Simmons in the half court uh, well known, but that was the easily the best half court handles i've ever seen him have and i mean it's it's more than just a stat line but simmons 11 to 15 from the field 23 12 8 and one turnover against the warriors and yeah he, they they totally fell apart in the third quarter and he was he was not not a part of that but he still ended up with a plus 7 and uh and that's he's he's so much better than i thought he would be and it's, uh, I'm, I just, I, I don't know. I could say, I'm, I don't know what it is about me that I'm, I immediately want to say like, but this thing, but this thing, but I'm not going to say it. He's just, nah. he's just incredible. And uh, he's such a different kind of player and kind of personality. I think it's such a nice pairing. If he tried to be Embiid, you know, like if he tried to be like as fun and goofy that as would Embiid, come off so corny. He would. It would, yeah. it would, it would really come bad. off fake. He's yeah. just, he's just the guy he is. And it's a really nice pairing and I'm glad that they currently like each other. Who knows what's gonna happen years down the road, but it's I mean It seems fine. We're now. So yeah. we're just so we're not lucky to have them because we deserve it because we put our time in and we uh we earn this. But we I feel very fortunate and hashtag blessed to like that it's it's all there. Like the pieces are all there. It's it's incredible how good they are already. I would say nearly all of them without with like, especially Simmons and Embiid with very correctable things to well, to do. And, and then, and then
0: faults. I've now seen in video and in photo and it is just one, a two second video and one photo, but I saw Ben Simmons shooting a jumper with his right hand in practice. And, Never has anyone been more right about something so random as Kevin O'Connor is about Ben Simmons shooting with the wrong hand. I mean, when he was, you know, uh, when he wrote that column and threw sort of a tantrum about it, I was like, OK, I got you. But when you watch him, it's so it's so completely obvious that it's true. And somebody mentioned to me on Twitter last night and it's it's going to happen one game. I feel like he's doing the thing. you've Remember last year with Embiid, and it's happening this year, too, how he gets better like game to game, which doesn't even seem possible? Uh, you know how they're supposed to get better over long periods of time, but these guys seem to soak up information and, and get better quicker. I almost think there's going to be one game where, without warning, Ben Simmons is going to shoot a right-handed jumper— and we're all going to have a heart attack because it's going to look like a normal jumper, and that'll be the first step to the you know the next era of Ben Simmons, because that's really the only you know the only thing major major-ish thing I could even point out, and he is so much better than I expected him to be, yeah I and mean, he's, he's amazing.: it was so, uh, uh, it, it
1: was uh, Chris Ryan's birthday the other day. Um,
0: oh, happy birthday, Chris Ryan! The Ringers, Chris, the ringers, Chris, Ryan.
1: Chris Ryan, and so uh, I, I went to a, a bar to celebrate and saw a bunch of Ringer folks, and uh, a lot of honestly, a lot. Of, the, the Ringer is a very Ben Simmonsy place. Although Danny Chow wrote a great Embiid profile that uh, mm-hmm. comparing him to Shaq that and the Lajuan, that you should definitely read. Uh, Danny Chow, the, the Retweet Armageddon's Zone, Retweet Congress's own. Uh, yeah, Danny Chow, and. Uh, a lot of a lot of, a lot of Simmons talk a lot of covington talk i mean the it's 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 just fun to be Because you're there right I'm here, and i only soak you you soak up the bad takes of like the local people that are you know not right. not paying attention. I soak up the takes of the like mainstream people that aren't really not not that the ringer the ringer are those guys but like just regular uber drivers or whatever that mm-hmm. are like. Oh, yeah. this is—they're not—they're not in, it, not in, in it, it. Yeah, in it. and so it's—it's—it's—it's yeah. it's, it's, it, it's amazing how quickly it's changed to like yeah. to like whew, oh man, like it's it, it went from like okay yeah I mean if he's healthy sure how many they, they're just drafting injured guys to now like oh my god I mean how is that who how what is they're so good like it's it's really like I take as as much credit as I deserve which is a lot of it
0: <laughs> well and by the way <clears throat> uh, Kyle Newbeck uh, Philly Voice's own said that at some point today we're getting a faults update which obviously will happen as soon as we're done recording but would change a lot of things just his availability to um, you know to soak up some some guard meds. yeah I've been I've so. been
1: hearing I've been hearing good good whispers about faults
0: yeah so uh, hey Before we get to Joel Embiid in L.A., let's talk about another one of our sponsors, the official lawyer of the process. That is Adam Kornblau at Kornblau and Kornblau. He was very much looking forward to today's podcast. I think he took – in that he is a process person, he took the second half a little, I think, too much to heart last (laughs) night. So hopefully we're – so I always like to start off uh, Adam's commercial with – a fact about Cornblow and Cornblow. So Mike, did you know that the television show LA law wow. was based on Cornblow and Cornblow?
1: I can't tell if that's a fact or not.
0: It is not a fact, okay. but imagine if it was. That'd be great. Imagine That'd be a great fact. Harry Hamlin. <laughs> It'd be awesome. Right. And, and uh, what's Corbin Bernson oh, yeah. and uh, everyone wonderful. Uh, No, 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 in that those guys are fake lawyers, but Kornblau is a real lawyer. He is the only personal injury lawyer you're ever going to need because he covers all aspects of personal injury. That is medical malpractice. It is slip and fall. It's injured at work. If you're in a car accident, no matter what it is, and the difference with Kornblau and Kornblau, aside from the fact that they get the best results of any Personal injury law firm in all the Delaware Valley is that when you you call Cornblow and Cornblow, you're actually dealing with Adam. It's not just some referral service, which a lot of these places are. You know, you call up and they they send you to somebody else. No. We like to say, when you call Cornblow and Cornblow, you're dealing with a Cornblow. He is, uh, you know, I sat down with him. He told me how he, he, like, how he lawyers and how he does his stuff. The guy is really proud of what he does. He likes what he does, which I think is you know is a real asset in anybody doing anything like he's really proud of doing it and he really enjoys doing it and he gets you what you deserve He is going to be better at it than anyone else he understands process right he is not going to climb a tree to reach for the stars right no he is going to take the time it needs and these personal injury lawsuits can take a long time they can be grinding there is a you know Maybe you, even as his his client, is going to be like, oh, I just want it over already. But he is going to see the forest for the trees. He's going to have the longest view in the room. He's very, very good at it. And if you even think you have a case, he's the guy that you want to call. What you do, give him a call. Shoot him an email. Costs you nothing unless he gets you money. 215 215- 576 7200 ask for adam or email Cornblow at Kornblau and com. Remember, Cornblow is spelled with a K and the and in the email address is spelled A-N-D. The rest of Kornblau, as Mike likes to say, that's on you to figure out. I got Adam Kornblau at Kornblau and Kornblau, the official lawyer of the I got. A, I
1: got one more thing. First of all, okay. as uh, having spent three consecutive years on legal comedy shows, I, oh, I right. can improve of Adam Kornblow. That's, a, that's a, an expert opinion. Yep. And uh, pandering to our base, I would just like to say, Chris Jericho
0: voice, law is Kornblow. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. That's got to be the new yeah. thing. Law is Kornblow. Yeah. And you coming here, you've worked on a, uh, a lawyer TV show for now two seasons. Well, I was the, actually the, the in it. The a- is the third. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the grinder. So that's three. I was actually – I had a personal injury lawsuit, and I wish that the lawyer I had at the time – it was before I knew cornblow explained things to me as well as Cornblow did. I mean that whole thing was a, a nightmare. I wish I had had a guy like Cornblow doing it. So, All right. Before we get to our new segments and Bill Simmons, we have to talk about the Joel Embiid Los Angeles doubleheader. Mike. Two games against the Clippers and the Lakers, yeah. a total of, of 78 points, eight blocks, 31 rebounds, nine assists, shot 35 free throws, and perhaps the most exciting part of all of it, played 70 minutes. Uh, he fouled out DeAndre Jordan. He pretended not to know who Willie Reed <laughs> was in a post-game interview. Uh, he had the most Euro-Euro step I think I've ever seen. It was the um there was this, he said he was at 69% I, like I, I don't even know how to that laker game will go down and this was the basis behind simmons's whole piece like i i don't i don't even have words for what he means i mean we i said it i think after the when we were on rights to ricky radio after the first preseason game and i was screaming that this is what warrior Killers look like like I will, I will say again You are looking at a guy Who as long as he does not Get injured ha, Will be in the conversation If not definitely the best player In the NBA and he's on the Sixers And that Lakers game was Just remember with less Than 50 games under his belt And maybe less than 100 basketball games Ever looked like the best player In the league against the Lakers And that's a real thing uh, it was unbelievable to watch. It was like it was breathtaking. The only thing that I wish was that I had. I hate West Coast trips, man, because I can't watch the games live. I just can't stay up. And watching it on the next morning just doesn't have the same effect. It was just. It was unreal. I, I don't. I don't even know what to say anymore about it. He's unreal. Uh,
1: <laughs> I. I almost want to say that the Clippers game was more impressive, um, hmm. because.
0: He was better down the stretch of the Lakers game. I'll tell you. That, oh yeah, Coach. but
1: the Lakers yeah. don't have any. Like DeAndre right. Jordan is thought of as a as a very good defender, and he's kind of not. But people think of him as
0: he's. Nah, he is. I I don't know. I watching him in person, it is hard to not think. People don't even go to the lane yeah, when they see. That he's I, I, there. I, I'm, I yeah, that's true. I guess I meant
1: like a one-on-one defender. Great, great weak right, side. Right, right. Great shot, great rebounder. But like, uh, pretty much just does. Does his thing and just says, like, I'm not, you're not going to score inside on me uh, as a guard or a wing or whatever. But M B just made him look like a fucking idiot. And yeah. he, he got in his head, which is really funny. And you could see, like, Draymond got in Embiid. Embiid got in Draymond's head a little bit early. And then once the run happened, and uh, Durant and Draymond got in Embiid's head, which I just felt
0: bad for him about. Um, by the way, by the way, Draymond said that he likes Embiid because he talks shit the whole game, not just when he's winning. Yeah. So I, 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 I approve of that. Yeah, yeah. Continue. Um, yeah.
1: One of our things about Embiid before the season was like eh, he doesn't get a ton of rebounds. He's not like in, a, in like two games in a row, sixteen and fifteen. Yeah. I mean, there's the Eurostep around Brook Lopez. It was unreal. Is my favorite basketball play of all time.
0: It was unreal. He did it—you know how I've mentioned the thing about how Ben Simmons plays with a sort of calm and confidence that makes him— like, that play looked like an instructional video yes. for a yes. Eurostep, yes. 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 you know? Like, there's no way— I watched it thinking there's no way that one player can get by another player that cleanly with a Eurostep just simply by stepping around him. And that's what he did. Well, because and not just a player. Because that size shouldn't be able like to 280 do 280 pounds. Yeah, a giant. A giant. Yeah. it's it's. There, there's no reason why a guy that size should be able to make that move. It doesn't make any sense. Brook
1: Lopez melted into the court after it happened. He is now yeah. a part of the Staples Center. And you'll never hear from him again. That, yeah. it was, I just, don't, I just, 46, 15, 7, and 7. Both games he took 20 shots, went to the line 16 and 19 times. Like, all of it. We are, cons- we've said that he doesn't look, he doesn't look as bouncy as he did last year. And I still kind of believe that. But his defensive numbers are ridiculous still. And even without looking as good as, I mean, against the Lakers, he just looked, I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing anyone could do about anything, but I still think that he's not full potential, full Embiid in a bunch of areas. Yes, yeah, I agree. But
0: yeah, I.
1: It's, I'm just laughing, really. When you're watching a game, I've I've you know you you laugh a lot at the Sixers, like when, you know, anytime Hollis got hot, which happened all the time, all the time, Spike all the time. Uh, but like when it's isn't it's a different kind of like it's a laughing like I can't believe they're doing this with this team. Now it's like I can't believe I'm laughing because like I can't believe these guys are our guys. Like they're with us yeah, and they're yeah. going to be here for the next 5 to 10 years.
0: And my my, my moment of previous Sixers laughter was the Isaiah Cannon four-point play against the Warriors. <laughs> sure, sure. That 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 was God. it. Yeah. And by the way, fucking
1: Covington got was it, it was Covington got held by Sean Livingston, right? It was Harrison Barnes. It was the Harrison Barnes shot, Livingston held Held Covington, and that's how they got that Harrison Barnes in the corner that, that, that they lost that game on, and they should have. Oh, last, last year. year, yeah, yep. They should have won that game. Yep. Oh no, That was two years ago. That was two years ago. Oh yeah, yeah, I was watching, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it was. I was a... at the grinder when I was watching that game. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, how... still mad. We'll never get over anything. Uh, Joel Embiid is—he's just something that no one has ever seen before, and the combination of the things he can do, and the kind of person that he is, and the kind of and the, that like everybody wants to play with him like it's remember when dwight howard was was earlier in his career and people were like oh this guy's like charming and does like impressions and has like a really nice smile and he's very handsome yeah. and he's like, but like his teammates hated playing with him always and like and beat has the best characteristics of all of these kinds of players that it just i hate the term unicorn i think it's i think it's dumb i think it's people overuse it but like he is a, a singular Thing that even though we are experiencing like a huge, big man renaissance with Towns and Porzingis and Jokic and Turner, all those guys, Embiid is the best parts of all of them combined into the most charming person of all time.
0: Th- that's what makes the comparison so difficult. I, I was trying because the the Alajovan thing. Sort of works sometimes, but a lot of times doesn't because Olajuwon was was so much smaller that everything that he did looked a lot more nimble than what um, Embiid does. And I was trying to put it together because there's a lot of what Embiid does that looks very Patrick Ewing to me. His face-up 15-footer looks very Patrick Ewing. I think if Ewing was around now, he'd be shooting threes like Embiid did. But Ewing was like hated mixing it up down low. And I still don't think Embiid does it enough, but he's such a physical force that like Shaq is only in terms of size and um, you know, athleticism, Shaq is really the only comp of anybody I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know, David Robinson was was closer physically, even though he was a legit seven feet, whereas Elijahwan was six ten, was closer in physicality to Elijahon. He was more um you know lean and uh and and you know wing looking in his in his body type and bead is so big and you know I think I said last year a couple of times if he just realizes how big he is sometimes um and he does that now when there's somebody on him that's too small uh which is you know eighty five percent of the league uh I, I don't know, man. Like he he changes everything. He makes you when this team becomes a legitimate threat team, he is going to be you know how everyone tried to adjust to the Warriors and being able to play small ball? Well, having Joel Embiid is gonna fuck that up for a lot of teams who don't have an actual center to put on this guy. Because he can stay on the floor when you're small, but your six foot eight center is not going to be able to unless he's Draymond Green. You know, there's not a lot of guys that are going to be able to stay on the floor with him. It's. Um, I, I'm trying to
1: find the article. I can't remember who who wrote it. Um, but there was an article about Embiid, like, pulling, like, uh, parts of everybody. And, like, like he took took a move from, like, this is a Blake Griffin move. This is a Carmelo mm-hmm. Anthony move. This is an Olajuwon. I can't find it. I think it was either Espination or The Ringer, I think. Um, but, uh it was I only read the athletics <laughs> good I've never good, read any good. Of says, yeah. Uh but i I, I'll, I will be able to talk about him for the rest of my life um I the fact, the fact that he's named the process six nine percent like it is it, people will not be able to there's so many things about him that are just so special that like they like you you lose track of things. Like, the 69% thing, obviously, you can think it's crass or whatever it is. But, like, it's certainly unique and singular that only he would be a guy that gets away with that. Like, the look to the camera.
0: I mean... Yeah.
1: It was like Jim from The Office. It was a Jim from The Office look to the camera. It's incredible. The not knowing Willie Reed's name. Like, let's not forget, English is a second language. English might be his third language. Like, the fact that he's this charming in his third language. I mean, I... I... I would love for him to stop to stop running headfirst into stanchions.
0: Yeah, um, that was a moment. Holy cow! And
1: every time he falls, I know he says he's not made of glass. Uh, I'm made of glass. Every time, yeah. every time you fall, I am made of glass, and I just can't yeah. take it. It kills me. Um, but he's played uh, 44 career games. We're, in, we're, in, uh, we're on game watch. 44. He has played 13 of the 15 Sixers games this season. I would guess, I think you tweeted it, and I totally agree that he that he sits on the next one. On Monday, yeah. Um, which is fine. Uh, but this is going incredibly well. And he's healthy, everybody's happy. It's the Sixers are the most exciting team in the NBA. Uh, I don't know how to process... Joy with the Sixers. I just don't know how to do it. Yeah, it is. It is. It is, beyond, it is beyond anything that I'm capable of. And like the last time that the Sixers had a had a had a core locked in for this long, it was when they signed Elton Brand and Thaddeus Young and Andre Iguodala in 2008. I was working at a AAA in Northeast Philadelphia. I remember being very excited about Ed, Ed Stefanski, and like just consider that team that would eventually become the team that had to get broken apart. Obviously, some of those pieces were gone before them, but. That team where it was like, okay, yeah, they'll probably... There they was just... I mean, Elton Brand, who knew what was going to happen about with his health. The, the fact that they gave him a huge deal coming off of, like, seven games after an ACL injury is pretty ACL or Achilles, I don't remember. Uh, is crazy, but... Like, that was the last time the Sixers had a locked-in core. <laughs> and now look at it. Like, we are... It is worldly different. There is... Uh, Zach Lowe's podcast with uh, Howard Beck, they were talking about, like, the future of the East... And like, it it was a given that the Sixers were there, and yeah, it's it, crazy. easily the scariest option. I mean, the, obviously, the Celtics are very good, and 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 seems like they're going to stay good for a while. Um, and who knows what happens? I mean, who knows if the Wizards stay together? The Raptors will be like decent. The Milwaukee looks good with Giannis. There's a couple teams that you're like, okay, okay. But like, the Sixers are easily the team that like takes your breath away, and and makes you realize that like. It might be, oh, it might be over.
0: Like it might be over for
1: for every other team in the league for
0: everyone. And here's the thing with Milwaukee: as great as Giannis is, there and there are some okay players on that team. There's no number two. You know, there's no. I mean, there's fine. There's there's like like fine. Eric Bledsoe, fine. Chris Middleton, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's no number two. For for the current NBA, you need a player better than those players. You need one guy to be better than those players, and and they don't have one, and we do. So we have, um, we two, you know, And
1: I I'm just gonna say I, yeah. I'm just gonna say it.
0: I I have full confidence in Markel Fultz.
1: He's gonna come back. I'm gonna feel great. I can't wait for the update. This is the opposite of a Bynum update, where every every update was worse. I feel I feel good. He'll come back. He'll be and, and you can tell. I think. I forget who it was. I think it was Kyle Newbeck. But like you can tell how uh even without TJ looked looked pretty bad last night um on offense, but uh you can tell exactly where Fultz would fit into this team, you know? Like it's yeah. it's like perf- be perfect, it's like exactly yeah. where oh, they need him right here. They need somebody to be able to get to the basket right here. And then instead of just like sort of like driving and getting stopped and kicking it out and then, like, sort of doing that and then, like, running out of time and, and getting an average shot. Like, Fultz can get to the rim and do things that would just really open this team up in a, in a, in a crazy way. And I believe I still feel good. The idea, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm pivoting from being very excited and uh, speechless about things to getting mad at the world. But, like, fuck everyone saying, like, like, let's talk about him as a bust. Like, what do you mean? this He's not even, he might not, he may as well not even play it at all. Like, the idea that... It, it, I know no one knows how to process a guy that, like, just suddenly lost lost an ability to do something he was very good at. But, like, it's certainly too early to talk about, like, his... Whether they made the right pick or something. Are you kidding me? It'd be like if he was playing if with, like, with, like, a full set of knives. Well, he hasn't even played. Well, like, he hasn't even it'd be played. Like if he's playing yeah, with a I full mean, really. set of knives in his legs. And be like, well, well, he has knives in his legs. So, and he's not doing well. Yeah! Obviously. Like, Eventually, he's going to get the knives out of his legs, and he'll play better, and then you can talk about how, if they did a good job or not. But right now, after four games of, like, weird half, like, 20% of Markel faults, you don't talk... What are you you wasting time for?
0: Talk about other stuff. Well, and... And and uh, and you know I I love a lot of people at the Ringer, but that that article I didn't, about I didn't, I didn't even look at it. I couldn't read that shit. Comparing his numbers, it, it's not. Yes, does Markel Fultz have a bigger chance of being a bust than somebody who this hadn't happened to? Sure, but 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 comparing him to like Anthony Bennett is is probably pretty early to do that at this point. Those numbers don't mean anything. They they mean um, nothing.
1: They mean exactly yes. nothing. And yes. We are much more comfortable being angry than we are being excited. But it's, an, angry, yeah. it's oh, an It's
0: a combination. Yeah. All right. So before we get to the angry part of the podcast, <laughs> was, I, I want to – It's I been bubbling to, it, the whole time. It's, it's, it's yeah. right there. I, I want to introduce – Mike mentioned last time that he named the Apple podcast uh, five-star review the Willie Green Apple podcast five-star review and wanted to start doing more segments and naming segments. So I sent Mike – This is in addition, obviously, to Jigsaw, which we haven't done in a while. So I sent Mike a bunch of ideas for segments, and he named them. And here's what we came up with, which will be rotating through uh, the Writes Ricky Sanchez podcast. uh, I I think
1: we should do it just as it comes. I feel like we shouldn't say all the segments now.
0: Oh, really? Okay. All right. Oh, man. Okay, fine. (laughs) All right. So the first one we're going to introduce is uh, Relationship Advice is now called... Brian Colangelo relationship yep. advice for for obvious That's reasons. Right. So take us away, Eliza Hardy-Jones. I
1: keep my heart under my pillow With my teeth and other lies I've been waiting on your halo Just to shine the light
0: All right, Mike, here is the relationship advice. And by the way, you can send your relationship advice and all uh, listener mail emails to writes to Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. That's writes to Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. I'm not going to say this guy's name because he put it in the email, but I, 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 I am not sure that he wants it read. So my name is blank and I am a junior in college in New York City. There's a girl in one of my classes that I really like. So I asked her out. She was pretty surprised and definitely did not see it coming, but she said Yes. On what was essentially a first date, we went out to dinner and had a great time just chatting with each other. However, during the course of our dinner conversation, we figured out that our lifestyles are not very similar, but after, I still wanted to go out again. At the end of the night, I asked if she would want to go out again, but the answer I got was not very clear. She said she thinks there are girls who are more suitable for me given our lifestyles. While I think that may be true, I feel like being as different is good, and I wouldn't wanna go out with someone who is just like me. That wouldn't be any fun or interesting at all. After her line about more suitable girls, I told her if she did not want to go out again, then she should just tell me and I would totally understand. However, she never actually said so. She said she had a great time and really enjoyed herself, but she never gave me a clear inclination as to whether she wanted to go out again. When she said there are more suitable girls, was that her trying to let me down easy if she wasn't then why say it and what do I do now thanks for your help first of all a couple but, things I love that yeah. <laughs> I
1: love that we're, we're doing relationship advice before we get to the bill the the, Simmons. The, the well I'm, try, I'm the trying, trying
0: to yeah I'm trying to I'm trying to like take you down off your anger before <laughs> it and it's fine um, and um,
1: oh he did just say his name cool uh, I love I love the idea that I love hearing just different lifestyles but getting no specifics about what that means
0: Oh yes, right, right, right. <laughs> they realized I'm yeah. like, what, what I'm the mean?
1: Unabomber yeah. and she's yeah. <laughs> a pleasant
0: schoolgirl. Uh yeah, is this something simple like you're a night owl and she's an early bird or what, you know, what is this my, mean? My my guess yeah. would be like
1: he's a rave guy. Does like does like <laughs> rave warehouse parties. And uh, and she <laughs> uh, is like not into that. That, seem, not that into seems that seems like what it is. And if, yeah,
0: there are only two kinds of people in this yeah, world: yeah. those into raves and those not yeah. into raves. if you
1: have, if you brought glow sticks to your date, <laughs> I don't think she's the girl for you. I would say that uh, yes, that was her trying to let you down easy. And uh, yeah, I
0: think that was pretty obvious. And uh, yeah,
1: yeah, I'd, I'd say you know, he's a, he's a, he's a, yeah. a junior, so you know, could come back around later on. Maybe
0: you'll change. Maybe you'll like rave parties less. Uh, well, take this from it. At least it was a bad date that wasn't a bad yeah. date. You know, at least it was a date without a future that you guys both seemed like you had a good time. I think that the problem that, that girls have sometimes in these situations is they oftentimes, they don't like, in my experience, they don't like being harsh or or making you feel Who does? Good. But what but what ends up happening is since guys will look for any crack of light, they think the fact that they didn't explicitly <laughs> say yes. like no thanks means that there's a chance. So what she was doing was saying that there are other girls that are probably better for you is is, is almost as clear as it's ever going to get. Yeah. So I'm sorry for laughing. It's just that you know as I've been through it, been there, done that. Like she was she was saying. No, I, I, so I wouldn't. Yeah, ask her I think out fine,
1: fine girl. I think he said that uh, he wouldn't want to go out with someone who's just like him. That wouldn't be fun or interesting at all. But like, I think it would. If you like to go to rave parties, you want to be with someone who likes to go to rave parties.
0: Yeah, you want somebody who's you. you don't want. The By the way, I Jerry don't. Seinfeld that's not me. If you wouldn't want to be with me because I ride. don't want to yeah. go to a rave party. No, neither do I. As I said, two kinds of people in this world. So, so that's our advice. All right. Before we get to Bill Simmons. Let's talk about our original sponsor, L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, wow. the official jeweler of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. Mike, the number is up to 59 Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners who have purchased engagement rings from L.L. I promised the news on the L.L. Pavorski, the famous L.L. Pavorski holiday Ooh. party. Here you go. Yep. December 9th. It's never when I'm in 5, town. It's
1: never when I'm in town.
0: Never, never, never. Uh, well, it's all, it's, he always has it a couple weeks before I know, I Christmas. Know, know. And, all right. So December 9th, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Here's the two things I have to tell you as a rights to Ricky Sanchez listener. First of all, you have to RSVP to go. It is on – if you go to this post on WrightsToRickySanchez.com, just click the link. There's a, a picture there. Just click the link. You can RSVP. And the second thing is if you're going, it is Dressed to Impress, which basically means – no jeans and t shirts. Just step above where, that. Where you your, wear, wear your Ricky a,
1: shirt as an undershirt. and
0: pull Undershirt. It out right. Yes. When it's appropriate. Here's what you do on the way out, go LL and unbutton your shirt and show him so he knows you're the real deal. But, but come dress nice. It's a very nice event. Here's the information uh, Me and my lovely wife, Valerie, will be there. Over $10,000 in giveaways. Uh, in in uh, different jewelry and other items from the raffle, ten thousand dollars, including uh, like I think the grand prize is one five thousand uh, dollar piece of jewelry from LL, which is unbelievable. Mike, the pavortinis are going to be flowing. Yep. There are you know butler served hors d'oeuvres the entire time, including the mini cheesesteaks, and get this, Mike, twenty percent off everything in the store. That goes from Friday through Sunday, but no better time than Saturday night at the holiday party. And the raffle benefits the Alzheimer's Association of the Delaware Valley. Mike, I hope to see some of our well-dressed listeners. <laughs> um, but you can still be yourself. Just don't look like you're going to the lottery party. That's all I'm asking you at you know the man, and who knows? you could you can come alone if you want without maybe you have a girl you want to uh, or a guy you want to propose to. You could talk to Lee about the engagement ring there. He's our guy. Um, and for every show, LL makes— And the, the store is right there on Walnut Street, uh, 707 Walnut. That's where the store is. So hope to see you there. Phone number of the store, 215-627-2252, llpavorsky.com. And for every podcast, LL makes a generous donation to Justice Rescue and the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. LL Pavorsky Jewelers— A rave party on your finger. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, here we are—the Bill Simmons piece on the Ringer. Now, I learned about this piece when uh, Pat Gallon—you know Pat at least peripherally, mm-hmm. right? From from internet. Pat, who I used to do a podcast with before you came wow. along, sent me a text message. CBS 3s Pat Gallon, Sports Radio WIP. Sometimes Pat Gallon texted me, and he said, "Wow, Simmons did everything but say the name," and I was like. What do you mean? And he's like, today's column. And I go over to it and I'm, you know, I don't believe any of this Mm -hmm. and I see the headline and I read the first paragraph and I'm like, hmm, what's going to happen here? Now there are two ways to digest this. There is how you and I and the deeper ones in the process will digest this and there's everyone else. Now, the masses who read his site and aren't one of us are like, wow, he's really praising them. He's saying that they were right. But when you really go through Mm -hmm. it, it is bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. It's a lot of wrong bullshit. And, uh, you know, I vowed not to talk about him anymore, but he took a direct shot at this point and there are so many things in there that are nonsense and he knows they're nonsense. He is a very smart guy and a good writer. I'm convinced he knows what he's doing, but I don't care. Um, so I think I think he wanted to
1: I think he wanted to come clean here, but he, but, he but couldn't, he couldn't do, do, it. do it. Yeah. I don't think he's like I'm right. going to say it but like still troll them a little bit. This is him saying like I'm being honest and I just can't
0: get all the way there. C- so what I want to do is read parts of it and have us. Read and he was them. not at Chris. So, he, he was okay not Chris
1: Ryan's birthday, but I was prepared to confront him if he was lay into him.
0: Oh my God, that picture would have been would have broken the internet. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm me always, and Bill
1: Simmons would have broken the internet. Well, it would have broken a very our very small of the corner internet. of the internet. Our corner of the <laughs> internet.
0: I'll tell you. I'll tell you. When I my brother lives out in L.A. When I go out to L.A., I'm sitting outside that office till he comes out. Of it. <laughs> I like. I don't. I will. You know. Like I think there was. This is my second office. Uh, Mentioned here, but I think there was one episode where somebody, where Michael Scott was in his office trying to outweigh everybody because he didn't want to see his employees. I think it was the health insurance episode. I, you're going to have to come out at some point though, <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to be waiting for you. So the title of the article is learning to trust the process, the winners of the NBA's first month. And I, I don't endorse reading it. I do endorse going to it and calling it trash. <laughs> so give them the, the, so here we go. This is the, the, I will read it, I'll go graph by graph. Talking about Embiid. But if he hadn't gotten injured a few days later, Embiid, this is after he talks about how good he thought he was at his pre-draft workout, how Bill, Joe, uh, how Bill Simmons takes credit for knowing that Joel Embiid was good. If he hadn't gotten injured a few days later, Embiid definitely would have gone first to Minnesota. Philly would have ended up with Wiggins or Parker, and Sam Hinkie's face wouldn't get be printed out on cash in Philly. You need luck with this stuff sometimes. Philly lucked out. Best player in the draft. What a
1: fucking ridiculous thing to say! You, you fucking imbecile! After two years of him not playing and us being patient with it, now you're saying, "Yeah, you got lucky."
0: Yeah, and oh, oh, and oh. By the way, Hinky wouldn't wouldn't look as great as he was if this didn't happen. First of all, it ignores it ignores the entire point of all of this which was to give yourself enough chances in all of these things for this to happen and to your point they they, they didn't get lucky they drafted a guy who had who was so injured or injured was so was injury was so troublesome that the first two teams did not select him and by the way and this will I I believe this a lot more than I believe the whole Kristaps versus Okafor thing. You know that the 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 lie that Hinky people tell themselves that he wanted to take Porzingis, but management made him take over. I will never not tell myself that. I I don't believe that at you all. Know, I, I do. It believe is a it.
1: combination. It's a combination of that and him getting cute. That's what I will say. Is him getting cute, thinking that he can make yeah. a trade the way he did
0: with with though. the with the yeah. Alfred Payton Dario thing. I do believe that he would have taken Joel Embiid number one. I do believe, and I've heard that from several yeah. people, even people who, within the organization who, do not, who are not pro Hinky. I'm not going to say they're anti hinky, I'm going to say they're neutral. But I believe there was a very real possibility, if not likelihood, and I, be- I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I believe Derek has, has heard similar things that Hinky would have taken Embiid first. But even if he wouldn't have, this is the point. This is the point. The point was this. All right, let's not, let's not fixate on, on one thing. We'll go to the next thing. <laughs> The it's process, impossible not
1: to relitigate everything all the time. Yeah. Look, I've on we we were cornblow, cornblow, the
0: grinder, trial and error. We're litigators. It's what we do. That's what we do here. Yep. The process revolved around one idea: Philly rigging a flawed system for as many chances at, at, as possible at a franchise player. Wrong. Rigging a flawed system is going into the back of the lottery machine. <laughs> yes. And 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 making it so you got a better chance. They didn't rig anything. It was a flawed system. They took advantage of a flawed system. And this is this points to your point that he wanted to do it. He just couldn't yeah. do it. Some thought it was brilliant. Some despised it. Some thought it was brilliant and despised which, which, it. Like which me. I do agree. I do think that he thinks that. Yeah. Sure. Their fans eventually embraced it. Wrong. Embraced it from the beginning. And. And first, and the first recorded case of NBA Stockholm syndrome. They eagerly bought full price tickets for dreadful teams, grasped onto flimsy positives. Uh, parentheses: T.J. McConnell is pretty good, and insisted they could glimpse the light at the end of a ridiculously murky tunnel. I thought they were insane. First of all, who bought full price tickets besides me? <laughs> besides besides yeah. you,
1: who bought full price yeah. tickets?
0: Also, like. This idea, they they were like last in in by the way in uh, in in uh, what's it called attendance yeah. for many of them. Yeah. yeah, I don't right.
1: think they were ever last. I think it was near near last. Right, which is fine because yeah. most teams are don't nobody shows up until they're good, and and you didn't have to buy full price tickets. You just go
0: on StubHub and yeah. or you
1: could easily not go or watch the games at home yes. or tune out for a couple years, which many people did. Uh, and we didn't eventually embrace it just well that's the thing is that when people talk it, about like the their fans like there's just not there's not one section of fans we are certainly the loudest right. and most active section of fans but there were plenty of people that were just like nah fuck this i'm out which is fine which is fine that they did that and it's fine that they're coming yeah. back but to say like they f- the fans this um, this like uh large uh mob of people with pitchforks were deciding like okay we'll embrace it now like That's not how it worked. It's just, it's it's good because there's more, there's more subtlety and uh, levels of this than just like, they did it, they liked it, Stockholm Syndrome, bang. Like, and he's just trying to like ride through it and it's like, dog, you weren't here for the whole thing. I I I honestly wish he just like wouldn't write about it. Like I, and I know that I I can't tell him what to do, he's got a whole empire of shit, but like, don't write about the section anymore. Keep our
0: name out of your mouth. And unless you're gonna say our name. Unless you're gonna say her name, keep our name yeah. out of your mouth. So here's the rule. Please don't say our name unless you're going to yes. say our name. Okay. And and what he does is he puts enough true things in yeah. here to make, like, did we uh cheer for dreadful teams and grasp onto flimsy positives? Yes. Sure. Absolutely. Still, but was, still do. Was T, but was TJ McConnell that? No, he was an actual positive. There are plenty of flimsy positives to point at that we cheered for that were not real things. Okay, next. And even now, some part of me wonders if the process was insane. The Sixers easily could have sacrificed four seasons to land the following four guys, Jaleel Okafor, Jabari Parker, Brandon Ingram, and Josh Jackson. Yikes. Then again, they could as easy they easily could have ended up with Chris Stapps, Porzingis and Bede Simmons and Jason Tatum in those spots. They split the difference perfectly between those two extremes. In other words, they won. The math worked. Okay, that's you. You came to the correct conclusion there. I guess the math was they weren't going to end up with all the bad ones or all the good ones. They you know that. I'm all right with that. Paragraph yeah, I mean, it's the whole thing. The whole thing is you give yourself yeah, an opportunity.
1: If you, if you tank for one year and say this is the one year we're tanking, we're going to get a guy and then we're going to be great, then you're setting yourself up to be the Kings or the you know '90s and 2000s Clippers, like to be like to assume that one time is going to
0: happen that you're just going to nail it on one try is cutting corners. Right, and then what he does is he sort of wraps up with sort of a mea culpa, which. Uh, which, by the way, and we're going to get to the Robert Covington point where he comes back and makes me even madder. He says, With Simmons as the sure thing and Embiid as the great unknown, the Sixers already have a precocious one-two punch that ranks among the all-time building block duos. Elgin and Jerry, Bird and McHale, Ralph and Akeem, Katie and Russ, Kemp and GP, Shaq and Penny, you name it. They whiffed on one top three pick and might have whiffed on a second one. It doesn't matter. They made this paragraph. That's where they wanted to be. Okay. Uh,
1: you're fine. Like, ag- you fine. Again, say, might have might have the second one is ridiculous. Faults is not anything right now.
0: Yeah, but may have. I'll I'll give fine. you may if if you're Boston fan. Fine. fine. Could you say? Because by the way, if it were reversed and what was going on with faults was going on with <laughs> Celtics, I would be I would be it, as insufferable as I could possibly be. I would set records for it. Could you say Philly's fan, Philly fans crawled through 500 yards of shit-smelling shit foulness and came out clean on the other side? Sure. Why not? They embraced the process, sacrificed years of their NBA-watching lives for it, kept buying tickets for the worst products imaginable, believed in the great unknown, and battled everyone who felt differently about the concept of an NBA franchise, intentionally losing for almost half a decade. And when the world finally swung their way, the naysayers like me couldn't say anything. They won. They ne- they sacrifice nearly five full years of their NBA lives for what we witness on Wednesday night. I'm happy for. Okay, you. again, uh, he's, if you he's had coming, just written coming, that, he's
1: coming so close to saying the thing, but he's not. He's still not.
0: Right, right. It and really, if he had just written that. I could have lived with that. I really could have lived with that part of it. Like, um, and and by the way, you can say that I, I we gave up on five years of our NBA lives. I, I don't. That's think the thing. So. That's, I had that's it. it. Yeah. That's it.
1: And that's the fucking thing that sticks in my craw and has for the entire time. If you don't, I enjoyed it. Well, it's not. It's that. Let Let's assume that we didn't enjoy it. Let's assume that it, that, okay. that, that that it wasn't right. fun because it was fun. It was certainly fun in a in a hopeful, ridiculous okay. way, and. Uh, no one can take that from us, but let's assume that we didn't enjoy it. What? Look at so many NBA franchises and see how fucking pointless they are. What are the Hornets doing? What are the, what have the Suns been doing? Like all of these teams that have been bad for a while or have been mediocre for a while. Maybe they went to the playoffs one time. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they've been like getting a couple lottery picks and there's a couple exciting guys. There are so many franchises who are bad and or 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 just decent or whatever. And this idea of like wasting years of their lives or sacrificing years of our lives it's like those years are going to be gone. I'm going to I I am 4 years older than when Hinky got here and that was going to be the case no matter what. And whether or not Hinky did there's nothing he could have done that would have made them a championship a championship winner right now. There's nothing he could have done. With the team that he inherited to the team that we end up with, there's nothing that Sam could have done to make them like, oh, now they're winning titles. He had to tear it down. And, and this, is the be- this is the best version that anything could have gone. And you're saying that the years of our lives were sacrificed. It's not. You're, those years are gone. It is a sunk cost that you're going to age years. And most NBA teams are worthless and have no point, and you're going wherever they're going. Like, this idea that the Sixers fans sacrificed in a way that, like, hum- other fans aren't, or that there's there was some other great idea, some other easier path that would have been fun and just as fruitful, is, it's nonsense. It's always been nonsense. If you have no context as to how bad the Sixers were from, let's say, let's give Iris in a couple years and say, like, 2005— to 2012, then, then you then you're just missing out. You don't understand that they were just so aimless and pointless. And this is what we what we were asking for them to do for year after year after year was to do something with the plan, not just keep surrounding first Iverson with like Matt Harpering and see if it's going to work, or Igu- making Iguodala the franchise player, who's a very good player, but not the best player on any championship level team. That, it was. Pointless, it was useless. That was, a, that was a more of a blur of wasting years of my life than this was, which was going from not having a plan for years and years and years to deciding, hey, we're going to have the longest view in the room, try to do something that no other team is doing, and come out on the other side looking better. And you can look at teams where they were four or five years ago and say, hey, Hornets fan. Did you enjoy the last five years? Is it fun? I'm mean, sure, yeah, it's fun to root for Kemba, like, but there's nothing, it is a it is a pointless existence. That's the fact, is that being a fan of a team, for the most part, is a pointless, nihilistic existence if you look at a bigger, big enough picture. And the Sixers said, what Hinky said, and this is the owners as well, was what we're going to do is try to, 2017, 2018, 2019, that's what we're shooting for. And we don't give a shit about the current years because we're going to make it, We're going to come out of this on the other side with legitimate superstar players because that's what you need in the NBA to succeed. And they did it, and we're better off for it. And first of all, it was enjoyable. Second of all, the alternatives were worse.
0: Stop saying that eat a dick. All right, so if you thought we were mad, here we come (sighs) to the part of the article that says, Robert Covington, NBA outlier. And I'm okay with outlier, giving, I don't know if you read outliers, but sure, yes, outlier. You know Robert Covington as Philly's frightening Ori-Ariza-Posey 3.0 hybrid. But did you know he's also one of the biggest flukes in recent NBA history? Covington logged Gladwell's 10,000 hours as a three-in-day guy without anyone realizing He had to drop his, he had hey, to drop his
1: boy Gladwell's name.
0: Yeah. But fuckface. We all we did was scream about <laughs> it. Any, without anyone realizing it. it was, there was a paragraph in Sam Hinkie's farewell letter, at least one paragraph that specifically talked about Robert Covington and T.J. McConnell yeah. by name, by name. OK. First, the Rockets stashed him as an undrafted rookie on their D-League team where they told everyone to jack threes and play in an absolutely preposter- preposterous place. Pace, rather. Who? Uh, Who won the 2014 D-League Rookie of the Year? Covington. Four years later, would the NBA adopt a less preposterous version of that same preposterous pace? You betcha. That's fluke number one. It's not a fluke that one of the smartest guys in the NBA running an organization in Daryl Morey saw what the future of the NBA might be, and his protege at the other team might see that that is coming as well. So you grab a guy who is good at that. They weren't trying that in the D League as some fucking accident. They were trying it because they would thought it would work. That is not a fluke. Now, if you what he's trying to do here is if you read Outliers, what Outliers basically says is that the the only way that you're gonna like is that being in sort of time and place that um, that other people aren't puts you in a better position to become that. So like. Bill Gates having access to computers because of where he happened to live when other people didn't have access gave him a chance to, um, to become that right. guy. But, but when people willingly put this guy in position and referring to it as some kind of grand accident is, is disingenuous. It is, it is intellectually disingenuous is what he's doing here. And the next paragraph is the, the worst part of it. A few months later, Houston general manager Daryl Morey waived Covington before opening night. Philly picked him up because Sixers GM Sam Hinkie used to work for Morey. Okay, fluke number two. Covington enjoyed low-pressure reps in the most hopeless situation possible, playing almost 6,000 minutes over the next three years. Fluke number three. Even better, the Sixers kept drafting big guys instead of anyone who played Covington's position, and they didn't waste free agent money on small forwards either fluke number four mike these are like conscious decisions they're not flukes and accidents you know he didn't wind up with hinky because of an accident this is not a fluke this was a plan right i mean this was part of the the whole thing it was no it was was the whole Uh, thing but
1: it was it was it was half the half the thing
0: That meant Covington spent four years in 3 and D grad school, then received his graduation present. A ridiculously gifted playmaker in Simmons loads of floor spacing thanks to Embiid and J.J. Reddick. I mean, it's like Covington died and went to 3 and D heaven. The process spawned the perfect wing for Embiid and Simmons without remotely meaning to do that. Uh. Robert Covington, outlier. Uh. They didn't even mean to do it mike they woke up one day like some somebody said to me this was the greatest uh i think comparison they were like Like he's fucking Milton in office space. Like he was downstairs in the basement with his stapler and nobody noticed that he wasn't getting his paycheck. And they woke up one day when they had drafted Simmons and Embiid and all these centers and they were like, oh, my God, look what we did. We accidentally gave Covington all of these minutes and he he wound up as a good player. How did this happen? Wow. What a fluke. What an outlier. How lucky. Let's give him $60 million. It is This whole thing is so painful. Because it's really really easy easy to
1: understand if they wanted to. And people are just like, "Mm, I don't want to admit that I've been wrong about literally everything for this long. Everything. We were right. We're right. They were wrong. And we're
0: going to be saying this for the rest of our lives. And then he, by the way, has the nerve in the James Harden Westbrook um, section to say that he wants a t shirt that says the right side of history on oh, it. Oh man. <laughs> By the way, um, it, just as an aside, Bill, it's, it's theathletic.com slash RTRS. Slash um, RTRS. Everyone who said if you just get Russ some help, he's doing this with no nobody. No, it's fine. probably Stop, ra- stop, stop, stop. You know it takes time. Wait, you know it takes time. Uh, Harden is better. They switched all of Harden's co- teammates, and he's leading the league in scoring, assists. three. I'd be, like, I'd be, I'd, I don't
1: on. think it's a take to say Harden is better. I think it's, I think it's yeah, a fair, it's, fine
0: thing. Anyway. Uh, Christian right. Wood. That's a oh. – Christian <laughs> Chris, Wood. <laughs> Christian Wood, right.
1: Back to Delaware, doing his thing, biding his time. He's going to challenge somebody for a roster spot. Look out, Rashawn. Christian Wood, coming your way.
0: Yeah, look out, Rashawn. Christian Wood, coming your way. Uh, One final thing I wanted to mention, a a charity thing I mentioned a couple of podcasts ago. On December 1st, I'm doing the Polar Plunge for the Special Olympics of Philadelphia. It is at Drexel University, 5 p.m. We climb to the top of a building. We don't climb. We go to the top of a building at Drexel. They have a pool. It's cold. You jump in the pool. You raise money. I have six process trusters jumping with me. Um, Your job is to raise some money when you do it. Just go to my Twitter and look for it. I'll actually put this in the link. I would love for you to join my team. And here is the one thing I am offering if you join the team. To one person who's jumping, uh, WIP was nice enough to give me, they have front row behind the scores table tickets. So, section 101, row one, they have tickets. One person is going to get a pair of those tickets for Sixers, Knicks. I think it's in January. It's on a Monday night. One of the people that jumps will get, uh, along with helping just a wonderful cause. I didn't realize what a great cause the Special Olympics was until I saw, like, the lives that it changed. I'm being honest about it. It's really, really, really uh, impressive. And you have a chance of getting those tickets as well. I will go. I'm getting the other pair. And I will bring a special guest to be named later. But. Yeah, but just go to this post, unrightstrickysanchez.com to jump with me. I would love to have more people jumping along. I think we have six so far, raised $1,500. Would ri- love to raise like a few grand for a Special Olympics. Um, uh, I think that's all two I got. seconds to
1: get excited about it because I've been thinking about it. I'm going to yep. give you three names for uh, possible trade targets. Okay. That, that I think the Sixers would go all in for.
0: Derek, Derek, uh, oh, oh, you mean off-season yeah, yeah, right yeah. targets? Okay, Derek mentioned Pat Beverly today. Yeah, maybe um, for this year. Uh, De- Beverly has an option next year. Uh, but all right, go I'd, ahead.
1: Yeah, I'd be would fu- be reasonably fine with that. But I, I honestly I'm would ch- rather just let Fultz, if he's if once yeah. his jumper is human again, just to just play play minutes, figure it out. I'm curious to see if one of your three is the one that well, I Well you've been saying Clay it. Thompson for a long time. You've you've yeah, you've been I'm, saying that Clay Thompson is a guy that the Sixers have wanted and that they've they've been targeting. I think this is
0: even before was this before Colangelo even got there or is that no, but it's before the rumors came out. I I was I was definitely into like I definitely believe they're going to trade him this summer, and I definitely going to b- believe that the Sixers are going to be involved in that. So I think there would have to be a third team because I don't think the Sixers have the right pieces, but they they certainly have pieces to trade. Okay. You know, like the Warriors don't want a, a first round pick probably yeah. for themselves. But all right, I go ahead. Say, what are I your three say, targets? I would say
1: Clay. I would say. Uh, a guy that I would be more surprised if they trade him because they're still good, Bradley Beal. Oh, really? I don't think that don't think the, the Wizards will trade him lightly, but I think if, you know, Interesting. That's, a lot, that's a lot of money to Wall and Porter. I don't know. It could, wow. Okay. If, if things go sour, I think it could be. It could okay. be a possibility. Uh, and the one I think is most likely, C.J. McCollum.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, the aforementioned Bill Simmons mentioned a false for McCollum trade in his, uh, false. it's not gonna be
1: false, honest It turn. would be, it doesn't make, make much sense with Dame anyway. I think it would be some, some package yeah. of some picks and players, and again, like a, like a, another team situation. If they, if they, if they find yeah. that, hey, the CJ and Dame thing, you just can't have both of them in the backcourt together.
0: Yeah, McCollum's great. I'd love to have That'd McCollum. He's really fun. Uh, Lehigh
1: guy. Yeah, I mean, beat, beat be Duke in, uh, at the Wells Fargo Center, in the NCAA tournament.
0: The idea of faults as a good defender would have to be true if you're trading for McCollum, because you is. you have you, you have two backcourt guys at like six four ish. That's what McCollum is, right? Six three, six mm-hmm. four, or something mm-hmm. like that. So, and it is a, a, a not good defender. So you need a a real defender back there.
1: He is, there, and so. you have, and then you you know you have yep. Covington and TJ and Simmons to rotate on yep. whoever. Those are the three guys I'm thinking about. And then if, if we're talking this offseason, a guy that I've wanted for a very long time, Avery Bradley, free agent. I'd give him quite a bit of money.
0: The one thing I worry about with trades a little bit is, well, with, the, with taking on big money and maybe this guy could be involved in the trade, is that my prediction is to get off of that Bayless contract, they're going to have to give up something, an asset. And I don't know if it's as simple as a second-round pick. Or if it's something like TLC or Corkmas, but I think that I think to, if they need to get rid of Bayless to make some salary space, they're going to have to give. Well, up I think if, to if it if it ends up being a trade, I think that would be
1: yeah, and that and that's sure. part of why they're holding on to Okafor is
0: because they
1: can, you know, they can use salary. it to make salaries yeah. match in some possible trade. Um, yeah, still, still would love a buyout though. Still would love would love to just a get buyout. out, just get. Out of there. One other, one other wild, one other wild one that I'm looking at uh mm-hmm. that might be might not be a great fit, and you couldn't you couldn't have him if if uh, you'd have to trade Dario to to make it happen because you can't have him and Dario and Simmons. uh Aaron Gordon would be very would be would be very well, fun in a very yeah. dicey yeah. way, but
0: ridiculous. Well, you'd have to pay. Yeah, him, have, oh, you're, you're gonna have to. Well, really uh, I
1: mean, it'd be near. I don't know how much you want to give a max, max. contract to him, but. Uh,
0: I think just, just, just he, thinking options.
1: Just thinking options. I, I'm, they're gonna they're gonna the, be in very good shape the, this offseason.
0: I'm really curious to see if his three point shooting holds up. I, it's interesting. I think before last season in summer league, his three pointer looked legit, and then in the regular season, it fell apart. Now he was playing out of position and all that kind of stuff. But as as far as like a six eight six nine switchy athletic, um, you know type of guy, he would be great you know he would can be, you imagine
1: I, him and Covington and Simmons defending people
0: when you think of where the sixers are lacking in positionally it is definitely wings i mean it's definitely that yeah, sort of yeah i think dominance. well i
1: just think you look at the guys that that will probably not be here next year and a lot of them are uh you know bench wing options i think i think yeah. it's you know i think luau and cork will be here for a while just cuz they're on rookie deals and stuff um i think you know Staskus, I wish Stauskas
0: played last night. He had he had a sprained ankle, um, didn't play. And by the way, those that were asking for Corkman's last night, like Korkmaz is not ready to play in the NBA yet. I don't, like I would recommend somebody watch um, what, the Sevens games occasionally are on TV. Just honestly, watch. I like, I would have played him a little
1: bit. I would have given him. I would have given him eight minutes.
0: It would have it would have crushed him. It would have like I think it could have ruined. No, but I just it. I, I mean just, so just I mean obviously
1: defense he's getting beat, but everybody's getting beat. You know I would give. I mean they didn't play I, Amir because I guess just too too slow to run up and down the court with with that kind of team. But I think I would have I would have given it just to get get some fresh legs in there, fresh shooter. You know he can get hot. I
0: I don't know this as a fact, and I think I mentioned it when it happened, but I don't think they wanted him to come over this year. Well, that's the, that's, I think that's that the was, thing is that yeah. like it's you know
1: yeah. Dario was the rare case where. He came over after two years, um, but if, if, if he waited a third, which your dad thought he was going to, and many other people did as well, but your dad sort of died on that hill, um, then he would have had to negotiate a fresh contract, which is what Miritich right. did, right? So yes. I think that's why, from what I've heard, it's, like a, it's some sort of, hey, we'll make you wait for a year, but if they make you wait for two years, then it's like, okay, then we're going to wait a third and make you not, not yeah. be on the rookie scale. So that's sort of a dicey middle ground.
0: So I don't know. All right, um, keep December twenty second open. Look at our watch. Follow our Twitter. There's a lot of th- there's a lot of good things that Luau does.
1: There's a lot of good things, and obviously, um, obviously, he's I'm, not a great player right now. No one's saying that he's a great player right bro, now, but he's, I've stayed off. There of this. are good. I've he does good of things, and he is wor- he is working me. through stuff. I'm I'm not. I don't will not say that me. he's he. I want him to get twenty four minutes tonight. That is way too much, but. 10, 15 minutes a night. Let him work through his stuff. He's getting more confident in his shot. It's going to keep falling. He takes. He, he's fearless. He does a lot of good things. He's getting better at dribbling. I think he, his PER is absolutely. Seven. He's not good right now. I'm not saying that he is. I'm saying that he, sho- he shows enough things where it's worth it that he's getting I this was, time and he's going to grow into something that is that Mike, is very special. I was
0: doing a favor to everyone by not. We talked about the whole Golden State game and didn't mention him. I. I that was a. This, that was me. Five, that was, that look, was a, I was giving the five olive of twelve, five of, five PLC of twelve from the field. Is not bad. Five
1: of twelve from the field, not bad. Did I lose you? Five. Can you hear me? Oh, there you go. Five yeah. of twelve from the field, not bad. It's solid. He's there's a lot of good, like a lot of good things, a lot of bad things he does for sure. A lot of a lot of playing out of control, a lot of. Can we? It's I, but I'm just saying, we're worthy investment in a year that's still. Let's be honest. Doesn't quite matter. He Right. I, I want him to be keep doing what he's doing, and I, I think it's going to be special. That's what I'm saying. Okay.
0: All right. Okay. All right. Keep December 22nd open. And uh, by the way, a couple of people asked. I really screwed up. So the Say the Name t-shirt, the uh, new Say the Name t-shirt that you saw Pod Save America's Dan Pfeiffer wearing or holding, at least, on, on the internet was supposed to be available yesterday, but I never told Cheese <laughs> that I wanted it to be available yesterday. That's... So at some point this week, just keep checking our website or the Cheese Steak D's website. It'll be up there. And, oh, the final thing I wanted to mention and give a congratulations to. So at WIP, we promoted John oh, yeah. Marks into the the afternoon spot, 2 to 6. Congratulations. John is working with Ike Reese now, which means a new host of Rights to Ricky Radio, which is Joe Gilio, who is... Awesome, and uh, I would say is a little more processy than than John. I love John to death, but I think uh, I think Joe's takes are a little more hive than than John's are. <laughs> so, so expect uh, the rights to radio takes to get a little a little more you know a little more even or a little less even but congratulations to joe joe is working every evening now is a great dude and uh you can follow him on twitter at joegilio oh
1: I'll, I'll also say one thing for uh yeah uh, i had the fortune of a very good friend of the podcast and Richard armageddon congress member mike weber uh inviting yeah. me to the premiere of his movie the disaster artist Oh, was it great? Uh, it was great. It was very funny. If you've seen the yeah. movie *The Room*, it's incredible. So, uh, very. It's a, It's. It's so niche of a movie, like it's this podcast. Of uh, if the if the podcast was a uh, the worst movie of all time, like the wor- it's actually very similar. Like The worst team of all time, the worst
0: movie of all time. It, there's there's a thing in there, Mike. Can I ask you something? Did you just do Recommendation Corner with Jorge Gutierrez? That's right.
1: I did. I did. I did Recommendation Corner with Jorge Gutierrez. Uh, the reason it's called Jorge Gutierrez is because they sort of – they rec- <laughs> it was the recommendation. It was sort of like the idea that they would that they would uh, keep him on the team, and they uh, didn't. There you go. Uh,
0: there's, a there's a bonus segment. There's a bonus segment for you. But uh, the movie segment. comes out uh, soon.
1: I think where when does it come out
0: yeah I've been seeing I've been seeing stuff on the internet about it forever. It's an a twenty four movie and I love a twenty four yeah movies. I tried to get I try uh, to get Weber to uh,
1: I was like, hey they should uh, advertise on the podcast and then he was like, yeah, I'll ask and they never did and now we're just doing it for free' not
0: doing it for <laughs> free. but see the movie God, also
1: it. Weber said this he said that uh, Philadelphia is the third biggest media market but like twenty fourth or something for independent cinema so go see oh, go see yeah. any movies come on.
0: Yeah, well there's there's I think there's 4 Ritz theaters. There's 2 in Old City I, th- I think there's one in Jersey, and I forget where the other one is. And there's an independent theater in Bryn Mawr as well. And here's the great thing about the independent theaters. If you're a guy like me, nobody really takes out their cell phone at independent theaters. Everybody just watches. No one takes – I've, ne- I've you know. never
1: been – at a, I go to
0: movies a lot, and I never see people take out their cell phone. I don't know. They're better at, They're better in L.A. Yeah. about it. They're way better in L.A. about it, they're Like and, uh, especially Arclight. Don't they kick you out if you use your cell phone in the Arclight? I've never I seen that happen.
1: But yeah, disaster artist um, James Franco, yeah. Dave Franco, Seth Rogen. Uh, there's been whispers about Dave Franco, who is a Warriors fan. There's whispers about him, uh, Weber converting him to a process truster. So we'll, wow. s- we'll see if that ever comes out. That's but big. Uh, great cast, right. great movie. You should see it.
0: Okay, that's the end of the podcast. We'll we'll talk to you if, later. If if there's
1: a – whatever the faults news is going to be, I have no idea. But yeah, uh, let's get a Cowboys loss tonight. This is good. This yes. is, it's I mean, I don't want to say it, but like, what if we are enjoying some sports in Philadelphia? How about that?
0: Uh, don't do you have to delete that? I or I unpin it I, at least?
1: I have I've been thinking about when to unpin that, and I think we have that's a conversation for a different day.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something we definitely have to talk about. All right, are you down with TTP? Wow, feels like I should say it. Still good. Nope, not yet.
1: <gasps> Maybe before I hang around okay. this old, moldy, Crapping scene holding hands with you. Here's a whole list of things you
0: gon' have to do. Jump off the Empire State in a paper sack. Talk lovey-dovey into a camel, scare a hump off his back. Get the queen of England gold shoes. Put them on your feet and sing the St. Louis blues. Look at yeah. Seven days
1: a week with you is more than I can handle. Seven nights of love and putting
0: laundry on your floor. Baby, I can